You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. And, of course, with us at the Senior Bowl, Bobby Skinner, Justin Pennick from Talking Giants. How's everybody doing today? Welcome to, uh, I guess, is live on Talking Giants' YouTube channel. That's pretty awesome. Uh, unfortunately, not on ours, but that's actually my screw-up. So, what else is new? <laughs> well, you're pissed off about that. I'm pissed off that we missed practices today, and it literally didn't rain. It Until didn't just rain. now. It just started raining. And yeah, practice is over, so we can't... We spent Now, part of me is a little relieved because we had a lot of work to catch up on with the Giants that we've missed over the last couple of days, but I know that two weeks from now, I'm going to be pissed I missed that third day of Senior Bowl practice and not you know, get catching up on Mike Kafka and Shea Tierney. I'm 100% pissed that we missed it. Um, I, ca- I caught up on some sleep. That's what I did. <laughs> I woke Justin up. After your, uh, we, after you, really oh, you guys definitely week. needed it. They These guys stepped to what? I didn't sleep. <laughs> no, you didn't sleep? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, not last night. Or or now. Took anyway. a half an hour video, six hours. I thought you guys time. were raging in Mobile to like four in the morning. Well, that's what it sounded like. Yeah, I was I'm, sleeping. I'm doing well. Happy to join the Just Giants podcast. This is, I think this is my first time on the Just Giants podcast. Is it? No. Oh, no, because you couldn't go on the other one. That's I right. Bailed. Yeah. No. Well, I, you never forget your first time, Justin. So <laughs> this is true. This is true. We got a lot really, of giants. Really wetting your whistle here, Mike. What have you been up to this this week while we've been slaving away over here? I've been watching all the coverage of you guys. You guys are doing a fantastic job. I wish I was out there next year for sure. While I'll be uh, joining you for. a all the fun and games and, and learning about uh, all the seniors coming out and everything. So uh, I'm just, I'm really interested to hear what you guys have learned over the last couple of days. I guess what we're all want to hear. And I, I definitely want to catch up on. And that's kind of what we're going to launch right into. Uh, so I know we're here and we were kind of like really, really just diving into like just about every player we can get our eyes on and, and breaking it all down. And there were some guys that we had never even heard. Of. There were some guys not even on the roster sheet when we showed up that we were kind of scrambling to figure out who they were. So we were kind of all over the place. You had some questions for us that were a lot more giant centric and, and getting us focused on the team that we follow. And it's the whole point of this YouTube channel, right? Is we're talking about the giants. It's just the giants. So why don't you hit me with some of your thoughts here? Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, our biggest need is offensive line. we talked about it on our show all the time. And I'm sure you guys do as well. And talking giants and, you know, we need, we basically need to replace four starters on the offensive line. You know, we feel good about Andrew Thomas, but we need a lot of work with everybody else. Um, as you're going to Mobile and getting ready for the Senior Bowl, who are the guys that you were looking forward to seeing, and how did they look? For me, I actually wasn't looking at the tackles that much because I just really think we're kind of nailed into a tackle at five or seven. I just really do. So. If this was last year, I'd be excited because you can look at the Trevor Pennings, the Phileos, Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan, and it's like, okay, that guy can come in and compete and hopefully beat out Matt Parrott instead of having Matt Parrott battling with Nate Solder. Um, so that's like kind of sticks because this is a good like depth tackle class. Now, I still think they can go and do that because a good depth guy is worth it. Um, right. But right now look- they, have, they only have one tackle, really. Yeah, and I, so, but I've been looking at on the inside, and that's Zion Johnson. Well, and he is that who you so had well. coming into this? He was he was definitely the top guy that's coming in, but I think coming in, everyone viewed him as a second round pick. Mm-hmm. And I, and again, Senior Bowl, the reaction to Senior Bowl can kind of get too heavy, and then it dies back down. It's like okay, well, you know, we have a bunch of tape on these guys, not just three days of practice. But like Zion Johnson is getting first round talk right now, which is a little like worrisome for the Giants because that could be like the second round target that they could look for. Right. Um, but if they're in the trade down, so Zion Johnson is like. The right now, if like if if he's there in the second round, he's like my bang on the table guy out of, out of Boston College, played guard, and even took some center reps, even though I think he'll play guard in the NFL. Yeah, he didn't look bad at center either. Uh, you know, we were we were standing there wondering, and and three random guys started snapping the ball. I mean, really, is we were just waiting to see who was going to do that. And to jump on top of that, Cole Strange, who will who will be there on you know maybe a third round, fourth round type player who looked good at center, who's you know moved to center. That's a guy who can, you know, fall in. Now, he's not as big as Nick Gates. Um, 
you know, but like, hey, a guy that has shown he can do it, he can center a guard. Uh, and he looked really good. He wasn't perfect. didn't have a perfect week. Um, but he's another guy who's like, wow, that's a guy you get and work with. And, you know, he's not a day – you don't, he doesn't have to slay them in as a day one starter viewing him as that. It's like, hey, depth is part of being a good offensive line. You know, and I think that was going back to the last regime and Dave Gettleman. is like, yeah, did two like of their major investments not work out in Nate Solder and Will Hernandez? Yeah, but they also really didn't invest in depth either. Right. You know, where like, you know, the Billy Price trade, the Ben Bredesen trade, those guys were traded to not even be starters at, at first. Right. When you're watching like the practices, are you looking at things differently than you would be, let's say, at the combine? Like looking, I know it's more like specific skills at the combine, but when you're evaluating these guys during these practices, is there anything different that you're looking at or is it all kind of the same? Well, I'll, before you even. I don't really invest a whole lot into the combine in general. Um, I mean, I, I look at it, whatever, but I don't like, this is like one-on-one drills with NFL coaches. I, I, te- I take this, like, I think that this is a huge learning opportunity, especially with these guys or whatever. The combine is kind of a way to see them comparatively in sort of drill situations among guys that are not just at the senior bowl. You know, the juniors coming out that don't need a senior season, uh, that that might be more polished or, or just have more natural ability or something like that is kind of the way I view the combine. So that that I I view it completely different. I don't know about you. Well, yeah, and the main thing is you got full pads and you're hitting each other. Yeah, like right. that's the the thing is how how do you handle up against you know a guy like you know a Cole Strange like we just said? How do you handle up against that physicality? Trevor Penning, and th- this is something that was really good about Trevor Penning, um, who I think was the best tackle here. Not perfect. I don't think he's a top 10 guy, maybe not even a top 15 guy, but he would bully dudes at Northern Iowa and he was doing it here too. Like it was noticeable how nasty of a player is. And that translated up against senior bowl talent and not, you know, North Dakota State or, you know, West Wyoming. Is he just nasty? Like just, okay, I'm going to play to the whistle. Or is he nasty, like in that good way where it actually translates to good play? Both. Both to me. Because I saw a little bit. There were some reps where I'm like, all right, I think you're just being nasty here and you're just trying to play, which I love guys that play to the whistle, but it's like it's a little too excessive here. But again, it's, it's senior bowl. It's not in game, but you practice how you play. So that's also legit, too. Yeah. And to, so to, to answer your question, you know, we, we did we did our senior bowl preview episode um, and, you know, I highlighted guys like Ed Ingram, Marquise Hayes out of Oklahoma, Darian Kennard, Dylan Parham. Those were guys that I wanted to see and not, not all of them because I thought they were the best. Like guy like Dylan Parham, I thought this will be interesting for a guy like him. And and he he didn't look like he belonged at first, but then he had some some good reps as well. So a guy who can develop. But guys like Ed Ingram and Marquise Hayes were actually pretty disappointing the first day. They were getting a lot of coaching up while other guys were not. Um, and from what we heard, because we didn't really watch them the second day, is that they improved. And, and all accounts kind of said that they had a better second day as well. And improvement is kind of what you want to see from these guys. So I guess that in all in all is teachability, right? Now yeah. that we're talking about it, I'm I'm 100% pissed that we missed it today. Now I'm like, I'm getting even more mad that we missed today. Yeah, this was supposed to be our catch-up day for, for O-line, D-line. Um, and, and, um, but what I did hear is a, a bunch of guys left today really players jermaine johnson was not here day three i just i just read before we started this Hmm. he went home alec pierce went home i'm not sure if he's hurt or not i didn't see uh but so so some guys weren't even here today but even go it's weird for them to even go hurt because there's you know some guys who get banged up but they like kind of showed up to the game last year and just a jersey that's that's kind of Maybe maybe it's their agents telling them. I don't know. That's that's interesting. I'd like yeah. to hear the reason why. Yeah. Were there any uh, any linemen that weren't on your radar that you just like? Wow, who is this guy? And something you're going to kind of follow more up until the draft? Or? Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul out of Tulsa. Well, you you already liked him. I didn't. Well, you're in his president of his fan club, Grump. Well, now, yeah. Oh my God, I, I came into it thinking that he was just like a ho hum whatever, and he had good rep after good rep, and and one of them was fantastic. Um, what about you? Um, let's see. Let me pull up his number. Uh, the college Braxton Jones out of Southern yeah. Southern Utah. The uh, left tack- he's playing left tackle for them. He looked pretty good. He, but he was he was like a, a looked pretty good. Was like okay, I need to go watch yeah. more of him. And I, we're we're talking O line, but like I guess we can transition. Neil Farrell Jr. out of LSU. We've been talking. We've been raving about it every day. Yeah. Like I went and looked at like the draft 
like profiles today to see where he's at. They have him like as a six rounder. That's got that I I That's what Rob was telling us too. There's hmm. anyone who's going to change from senior bowl week is Neil Phil Neil Farrell Jr. out of LSU because he was just dominating rep after rep after rep consistently. And it wasn't like, you know, I'm taking advantage of a drill type uh, No, drill. no, it's not legit line, reps. I saw that line in person. I went to the Florida LSU game LSU game this year and for a team that supposedly couldn't run the ball, they ran for like 550 yards against us. It was just they mauled. Well, no, no, no. Them. Neil Farrell is a D lineman. Oh well, then there you go. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're still talking about offensive linemen. How would you guys run the ball versus them? <laughs> we couldn't run the ball all year, really, other than Damian Pierce, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute. But uh, well, probably at the Senior Bowl, I would say the most fun. The, you know, that's that's the word that I've been using the the Senior Bowl because. You know, well, it is fun. <laughs> I don't want to act like I'm not a specialist of anything, but I'm like, I'm just going to, what guys are fun. The position group that was most fun to watch was the interior defensive lineman. Yeah. They, and I didn't expect that either. There, who, who was the UCLA kid? Uh, uh, Vanya, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a UCLA kid that also was not on the roster sheet when we got here. Number, and we were number 91 at the senior bowl. And I'm pretty sure number 91 at, at UCLA too. So if you yeah. want to look him up. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And he, he was outstanding as well. The D line. And, but, but what also made these D line guys stand out is that the interior O line guys, we already knew were very good. Yeah. And these D linemen were still winning. So that that's kind of where that meshes. So it was, it was fun back and forth where, you know, I, I barely watch wide receivers and DBs, but also because every time I kind of looked over it, wasn't fun. It, those those guys and the battles that they had going back and forth, where the linemen would win some one v one reps, where in those individual drills, it's mostly designed for the defense to win. But the fact that they were going back and forth and it was right competitive between the both sides, um, it was pretty fun all week. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Perry on Winfrey out of Oklahoma was really good too. Yeah, I um I liked Max Mitchell as well from Louisiana, and I I had a. I don't want to say like a whatever grade on him coming into this week, but he was just like, he's another guy among these, these, you know, the names like Ed Ingram and Marquise Hayes and Zion Johnson. He was not really somebody I was like really expecting a whole lot from, but I really liked Max Mitchell by the end of the week. Him and a couple other players have me agreeing with Justin on something I didn't agree with going on. Kingsley and Igbari out of South Carolina. When guys use good technique, he was kind of like not effective. You know, like he was able to take advantage of bad technique, guys. Um, and he's not the most biggest hour, uh, overpowering guy. Like he uses his hands really well. Mm-hmm. And so when guys were like in Max Mitchell, who was like probably had some of the best technique there, he was able to shut him down. Um, so, you know, I know we've been talking positive, but like more on the negative side, that was one. But to the to your point, Max Mitchell, uh, shout out to you, the Florida Gators offensive line coach and, and offensive coordinator, Rob Sale. Like it's really well coached <laughs> at uh, Louisiana. We got a comment. This is why it's helpful to be live streaming on YouTube at the same time. Um, Jermaine Johnson had an ankle injury. He will be playing in the Senior Bowl. Okay, oh, okay, okay. Go. So maybe going home was not really that big of a deal since it's probably not far from I him. count Mobile, Alabama as my home now. So <laughs> You know Neil Farrell Jr. is from Mobile, Alabama. How about that? Wow. He wasn't at you know who was the night. standout last year who was from Mobile, Alabama? Kadarius Tony. Wow. How about that? Full circle. Right. Um, uh, cranky fan... You watched South Carolina this year. Did you recognize Kingsley Anigbare as someone that was a huge problem on the defensive line for South Carolina? The Gators' offensive line, everybody was a big problem last year on the defensive line. So, <laughs> but I, I, did he like wreck the game? It was a game wrecker. I mean, just you know, we had just so many problems with pass blocking and and, and, and run blocking that the lines are in our face. All, all throughout the SEC. So they didn't stand out to me as like, oh, my God, these guys are NFL prospects, but just, you know, solid. Uh, and, and it's just the Gators were not doing so well in the offense. Yeah, okay. let's not talk about that, please. All right. <laughs> uh, what else you got for us? Um, What about edge rushers? Who did you see that you really were like? Uh, do, do, do we just say it in unison? Well, we went home. Jermaine Johnson yeah. was, <laughs> was uh, like, he was definitely like, and I will say this year, it seemed like the guys who were the best coming in are the best coming out. Yeah, yeah. like UB Katie mm-hmm. is a guy that I really enjoy at Penn State. Um, Jesse Lucetta actually did a little bit more to impress me than than I thought. I thought Lucetta would – I was thinking at one point, is this guy like – He's really know, agile. Is he an off-ball inside linebacker? But no, I think he maybe he can hack it at – Yeah, he he's like a – like 
not I don't want to say Micah Parsons just because of Penn State, but like that that movability. Yeah, I think like, it is possible. Like put two lights in front of it, like Micah Parsons light light. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, uh, we got a we got a guy from Western Kentucky who really stood out. I'm looking was, at his name right now, D'Angelo Malone. Malone, which mm-hmm. was whenever someone whenever you like you internalize like that player's actually like doing pretty good, and then someone points out to you like that player's looking pretty good is like like a, a high five right there. I mean, me and Justin have that moment where, like D'Angelo Malone's winning consistent reps out of Western Kentucky. Like, you know, there's we will, I probably watched like 40% of the guys coming in. Unfortunately, not as many as I wanted because of uh, the Giants coaching search. So like there's a, there's like a, a list of names in my head that's like, all right, next week, these are guys I'm watching. And D'Angelo Malone is definitely one of those guys. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, good to see a guy from a small school. And it looks and he's big, too. You know, yeah. he's, it wasn't like some like light frame. He looks the, I, again. I, again, I don't know. But he's like know. he looks bigger than a guy like Kingsley. And, and yes, in fact, maybe we can look up. I mean, he made plays. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> bottom line, he made plays. I mean, you know, he, in, in those you know drills, I wasn't like, well, this guy's the fastest guy, this guy's the biggest guy. But you know, he was making plays when he needed to during like those those you know mini team periods and then also team periods, which that's more than you know a lot of these edge rushers can say outside of Jermaine Johnson. Like he was making those kind of consistently. So yeah, a lot of the I know Tyreek Smith at a Ohio State, you know, made some plays, but nobody like stuck out besides. Jermaine yeah. Johnson and Malone is two guys like that. consistently. The guys in the interior stuck out more. Yeah, so. I'd agree with that. As far as Patrick Graham being retained, I, I see Jermaine Johnson, I think, can fit in just about any scheme. Yeah. 4-3, uh, 3-4, uh, three, three, I, I think he's fine. Um, and I think Patrick Graham, we you know we talked about him being back and being able to adapt. I do think he might adapt in the way he views edge rushers too a little bit, where it's like, you know maybe less dropping back into coverage, et cetera. Yeah, it's like listen, if I got a guy who who can just rush the passer, I'm going to get him and not worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, at I least mean, I'm hoping he learned from like the Marcus Golden mistake. Especially if you play more too high, you know if they were playing more single high in 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not worrying about dropping that extra guy in coverage because you're always playing that that too high stuff and you're trying to prevent the big play. So let the guys get after the quarterback. What you pay him for is what you draft him for. Yeah. I hope people don't think I'm being rude looking at my phone. I'm, I want to compare Kingsley versus Malone's size. <laughs> Kingsley, 6'3", 261. All right. You guys keep talking while okay. I do this. What, what else? Uh, um, was there anybody else in the defensive line that we didn't mention? Defensive tackles, we hit them all. Um, you, so a lot of the guys, um, there's a guy from Georgia, um, Wyatt. I feel like that's yeah. uh, that's part of his name. So Georgia, he's probably going to go in the first round. This lets you know where I am with the senior ball. I'm also producer but, editor for the no, but also the brain. names are like they're all getting yeah, jumbled. Uh, there's a guy from Alabama who got some Dalvin Tomlinson comparisons. He was number 48 at the senior ball. Yes, I do. Oh, he was 48 in the second practice, so he's probably going to be going like second round ish, I think. But John Ridgeway. Mathis, Mathis, you had Mathis. mentioned to me, yeah, yeah. So John Ridgeway, though. Out of Arkansas. Arkansas. Yes, John Ridgeway out of Arkansas. I, you know, one of the things that I struggled with the senior bowl is like, oh, I like this guy. I would look him up and see like where he's projected. Oh, this guy's like second round, third round. So all these guys that we like, this even includes like tight ends. There's so many like second, third round oh, guys that we like. He's he's pretty skinny here. Malone? He's, he's 30 pounds less than Kingsley. I told you Malone was skinny. I was like, he's he's not very big. So I'm good good for my brain. I make I feel smarter. <laughs> but you know, but there's a lot of guys that we're looking at right now at the senior bowl this week. And part of my issue is that all these guys are second and third rounders. Where are we going to fit, you know, maybe some day three guys. And I think Ridgeway can be one of those guys that yeah. he is a pure nose tackle and he has one move and it is a bull rush and he moves people and he has strength, but you're not looking for your nose tackle to have like all these pass rushing moves. You want a guy that can kind of be on their, be on their rushing downs. So you want a guy like Danny Shelton was supposed to be this year where he doesn't have any moves except he's big and he, and he, well, I mean, the, the prototypical one's Vita Vea, right? Yeah, yeah, and we're still looking for like that Dalvin Tomlinson replacement. As you know, as Giants fans, we're still looking for a guy that can fill that role, and you know, maybe a, a good value pick. And Ridgeway can a do great that. value pick. He was moving people during the Senior Bowl, so he was fun. Uh, and, and Cranky Van, I don't know if you, I don't know if we've talked about this, but you know, the defensive line and and it being perceived as a Giants strength currently is uh, just basically two expiring deals, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that this is an insane time to be thinking about defensive line. I know Giants fans probably don't want to hear that coming off of Dave Gettleman's obsession with defensive linemen. We definitely and, talked about that. That, that was okay, one of the yeah. episodes about a month ago. We were saying that, you know, it seems solid right now, but we have to start planning because right. you know, these guys, you know, uh, with Lawrence is going to be a free agent potentially soon. And, you know, 
lots of things are happening. You want to build going forward, not have that drop when, when people leave. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and since 2018, and this is with Brandon Bean, Joe Shane, you know, Buffalo Bills, uh, the Bills have taken at least one defensive lineman in the first three rounds of the draft. 2018, it was at Harrison Phillips right. in round three. 2019, mm-hmm. Ed Oliver round one. 2020, AJ Epinesa round two. 2021, Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Basham in round two. So it may not mean much for Joe Shane, but you know, when talking about evaluating, okay, when are they going to take offensive linemen? When are they going to take defensive linemen? I would say the position and the kind of the group that has the most precedence for the Buffalo Bills taking high it is those defensive linemen and edge rushers. So, mm-hmm. quarterback. Aha. You know, we, we know we know Daniel Jones. He's going to be back next year, obviously. Um, so we have to make a decision immediately. And we all think that, you know, offensive line, Ed Rusher, those are the biggest needs. But was there anybody that would give you like a thought, well, maybe, maybe we go with him for one of those two picks hype. Or is there anybody that you it's still Malik Willis. So I'm, I, I'm trying to hold it in before let you finish. Your let it out, man. It's, Malik, <laughs> it's Malik Willis. And now QB is a position where I like, okay, I got to go watch all his games now. I can't just look at the senior bowl. Here's where I think we are with Malik because you say it and it's, you know, um, people probably have a mental conniption either it's way. Either, yeah. One way or the other people are losing their mind. We need it. We need it. Or it's like, no, F you. We don't fucking need it. Um, yeah. So, this is a family show. Come on. <laughs> no, it's, don't, do not listen to him. <laughs> here's, we broke down draft day. This is not a family show. Yeah. We, <laughs> here's where we are. I think at least my brain and you let me know if you agree with me on Malik Bullis. I'm in the flirtatious stage where I'm, I'm interested, but I'm not ready to ask. She could yet. smile and have bad teeth. If Joe Shane, Brian yes. Dable, Mike Kafka, and Shea Tierney want to take him and take him, I'll be 100% behind it. But I'm in the flirtatious stage. I'm not ready to ask you out yet. But you're passing this, notes in our locker is what you're doing right now. This <laughs> week, I am super, super intrigued. Absolutely. I think I agree with that. Right now, after this week, no, I'm not using a five or seven pick on him. Right now, no. Um, I mean, I, and, and again, like QB is a position I need. I can't just watch two days of practice. I got to go watch him. Um, you know, I got to go go through his games and see what he's about more and not just highlights because his highlights are awesome. But it's like, okay, why did he struggle versus Ole Miss? Was it just clearly out, uh, out outmatched players-wise? And, you know, and he, and he had some struggles down the stretch, even not against uh, the bigger schools. And Ole Miss is not exactly Georgia for an SEC defense either. Well, yeah, but right. I, again. They have more talent, Liberty. obviously, but it's not, a, it's not considered a great SEC defense. Crank, did you see Hugh Freeze uh, responded to uh, like a Giants like Twitter member um, and Monte Cristo, and, and like he basically said like you know Malik Willis like he might have went to Liberty because we know Hugh Freeze uh, you know will pay players and Hugh Freeze Hugh Freeze Hugh Freeze responded and I've only drank water today I promise <laughs> um, responded to him like these these clowns will never uh, use the facts though. Did you see that? I, I did not. But Hugh Freeze is in the Bruce Pearl category of the biggest sleaze on the planet. And Which, uh, I didn't realize Auburn was so good until we were at the bar the other night, and Auburn's ranked number one. So. Oh yeah, I saw somebody from ESPN was like, "This is the greatest coaching job I've seen in my twenty years at ESPN." It's like, yeah, because of his bad game. That's the only reason why. And Hugh Freeze is beyond slime. I mean, he was brought up as a possible. Uh, Florida candidate after Mullen, and I was like, I'm pulling my money. I'm not, I'm not donating to the school anymore if you bring him in. So the hell with him. Um, but he loves Malik Willis. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could be – there's a lot of time for Malik Willis to jump yeah. into that yeah. five seven yeah. to, to fully answer this, but as of today, he had to do a lot to get better, and he did do a lot to get better, and I feel pretty good about it. I'll that. have my answer by March 1st. Yeah. There were certain things that Malik Willis had to do this week to uh, really, I think the main goal for Malik Willis is to not just fail. Start a narrative. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like to not just flop. And I think he did that. And then obviously he did do a lot more than just not flop. Well, he was the best one there. He was, he was. But I also think that it would have, I kind of thought like in my brain, like you should undoubtedly be the best one there. But the reason why you wouldn't be the best one there is because of the issues that you do have, which is inconsistency, some inaccuracy issues. But clear cut, Malik Willis is the most talented quarterback of this draft class. So there was almost like, in my brain, I'm like, I would, Malik Willis should be the clear cut number one. But there I also be, have to watch Matt Corral too. Right. Yeah, I was going right. to say of the guys, I of did. Guys I haven't had time to look at it. I don't think there's going to be anyone that's going to oversee them. Though. So the things, 
So the things that we were looking for Malik Willis to do this this week was one of the things was to show that you have more than one speed that you throw the ball and you don't just have the fastball. He showed off that fastball, but also there were some nice touch throws that he gave. Nothing absolutely crazy, but there were times and situations where, you know, you're going on your left, there's a guy that's wide open, you know, you're running you're you're outside the pocket, you're going, you know, you're kind of throwing it across your body. You don't need to put such a fastball on, just deliver that ball with a nice touch. Fine. And there were a few instances of that. The guy's running crossing routes over the middle of the field. He puts a nice touch on also day one, probably one of his best throws of the entire week. We obviously weren't there day three, but the you know, out of the Tuesday, two days that we saw, there was like a beautiful streak that was down the field and it went for a touchdown on like one V one with the with the DB. But it's just kind of falls in a guy's breadbasket over the his shoulder, over the cornerback's shoulder, had no opportunity for a corner to tip it or, or intercept it. Um, and Malik, you know, hadn't, you know, could have just tried to drive that ball in there from 40 yards out, but he didn't. He put the touch on. And that's one of the things that we need to see this week. And also stay in the pocket because this right. is not a week where Malik Willis gets to showcase his magic, right. which his magic is the improvisation, you know, throwing from different arm angles because you have rushers coming at you and running the ball. This is not the week for that. You know, this is a week for guys like Carson Strong and Kenny Pickett to really show off because they're in the pocket and there's not really that rush. And there's, you know, just let's see how your brain works and let's see how the arm works. Um, so this isn't a week for Malik Wills to show off the magic, but he still was the the clear cut best quarterback out of everybody. You know what I can't stand more than anything is the ne- look at next year's QB class like that ever works out. Um, all right, sorry. I just, no, you're I just right. Seen some Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. It's like, oh, and Alabama and Ohio State QB playing well. Like, I, well, we haven't watched it. I'm not. I'm not putting my eggs <laughs> in that basket. Yeah, and also like Sam Howell was like really, really highly regarded. Then two straight years was kind of a dud. I mean, it's it's not really the time to be. There's a whole year for quarterbacks to lose stock. Mm-hmm. And, and what is funny though, that we are in full like, okay, this is how the draft cycle works. You know, this time of year, it's like uh, no QB is worth taking in the top five. Uh, like Just that Malik wait. Willis throw to the left. It was a good throw. Don't get me wrong. Like, it was a good throw. Twitter was treating it like it was the most amazing throw I've ever seen. I was like, well, this is. <laughs> it was wide open. This but- is more. It was kind of a routine. Like, if your QB doesn't make that throw, you know, you're a little ball. Not to take anything away, but like there were so many throws he had that were better than that one. But for some reason, that was like the one where it just went crazy. It's like this is like I've seen seen Mitch Trubisky make that. I've seen every QB make that yeah. throw in the you know that starts games in the NFL, uh, except for maybe Mike Glennon. I think I think <laughs> ugh, or Jake from. Um, I think for Malik Willis, the biggest thing for me was well, uh, even with that throw was day one we were seeing a lot of rocket shots and day one was dry, uh, and and balls uh, uh, debatable from case to case basis too. Um, whether it's a, a drop or didn't really need to be a rocket. I mean, and it's always going to be a little of both anyway. Uh, but that day two, we saw that improvement, and that's really what, what this is all about. It's about improvement and mm-hmm. seeing these things that we're, we need to see that Malik Willis can do. So it's not amazing that he can do these things, but this is what he needed to do yeah, that's to true. increase that's, his that's stock. It's, true. It has nothing to do with him being outstanding. It's just this is where we needed to see the improvement, and there it is. Yeah, he could have, like I said, he could have flopped, mm-hmm. and that would have been like, all right, you know, that's that's this QB drive class. We'll see you next year. But now I think the only one that is really worth considering is Malik Willis. I think so. I mean, I haven't. I barely did QB work at all th- coming into this. What do, you think think Corral, what do you think of Corral, Crank? I think he's really good. I mean, I've been following him since high school because he was originally in a Florida commit. And then when Dan Mullen became coach, he basically told him, we don't want you. And that's where he ended up going to Ole Miss. So I think he's got all the tools. Um, again, I, I haven't seen him like any of these drills or anything, but uh, I think he's pretty legit. I mean, that – he was in a really good offense. You can be really prolific, which he was um, under um, Lane Kiffin. But I think he was he was the second best SEC quarterback this year behind Bryce Young. I think. I um, I don't know Matt Corral to me. I, I saw a lot of the things with the tools, but then you know I was watching uh, Dontario Drummond trying to get a, a handle on the wide receiver at Old Miss, and I was finding it kind of hard to judge. Ontario Drummond because some of the passes were like five yards behind him so that I would have to do more work on him but then the injury scares me at this point also I, the Lane Kiffin yeah. offense scares me too because yeah. I mean guys are running wide open yeah and I'm seeing you know 
we are in a YouTube chat right now, and I'm sure a lot of people that are even just listening to this on your channel or the podcast app are like, you know, again, quarterback, I don't want it. We have we still have Jones. Use this year as a bridge year. Improve the offensive line. Improve this, blah, 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 blah. Brett Coleman had a really good tweet of, you're not taking a guy for you know what what he is in 2020 or 2021 mm-hmm. right You're taking a guy for what he can be in like 2023 that's what the 49ers and, did yeah and that's you know the the fascination behind x quarterback that you like in this draft class and whether it is uh, for for me it's it's willis you know that's the that's why you do take it. it's not because oh look at what this guy is right now but look at what he can be and you know the the ceiling is the overused look, word over listen, over. it's very easy i mean the fans and Trump and I talk about this all the time. It's like the fans are tired. You know, it's been a decade of losing. They want results now. You know, if, if this team is one and two going into October, they're going to be furious and be like, we made a mistake with, you know, general mm-hmm. manager, head coach, everything. They're right now they've all won the offseason. But what happens when we start off slow? It's like they want results yesterday. And yeah, well, you, and the, the Giants, unfortunately, have been operating the same way where they want exactly. results now, 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 now. And that's not right. Clearly, that's not the way that. They should be operating now. Fans are going to think, or they're going to think what they want, but the organization shouldn't be thinking exactly. now, 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 now. I right. just hope the organization can't get bullied anymore by the fans now that they have Joe Shane and Brian Dable. Amen. They did yeah. what they wanted. They wanted the fans wanted to clean house and start fresh, and that's what we did. So now we just sit back and let them do their job. Yeah, stop bullying the ownership fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's no pro you, bullies except for Chris Mayer. We can bully him. Oh, let's go. <laughs> so if you three are the general manager. I mean, are you still thinking right now, based on what you've seen for the last two days, you know, for the first two picks, are you still thinking O-line edge or are you thinking uh, Willis might kind of sneak into that, one of those two picks? Or are you thinking maybe trade down? I I would love to trade down. That's what I would love to trade down, but I just don't really – I don't entertain trade downs, trades, until the trades happen because it just – yeah, I mean it's you it's know, all pie in the sky you know, speculation. Right. Like stuff. if if uh, like if there's a trade down, yes, take it. But it's like I, I don't know if that if that's gonna be there. Um, especially with the limited QB. Like what if Malik Willis goes at pick four? Well, the Giants may not have any trade down opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I mean, yeah. It, philosophically. So so I would like to trade down, but just assuming we're at keep it five seven right now, I would I would be like O line edge. Or even O line O line, um, even though I don't think that's realistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it, I don't think it's unrealistic. Uh, I don't think it's unrealistic if there's a trade down possibility and staying in the first round. Yeah. And I know we're not entertaining this, but, but I, mean, I would take one of the tackles, Aquanu and Neil and Kenyon Green at seven. There you go. That's what I was going to say. I would do that. Now, if 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 like the Karloff, the Thibodeau, Hutchinson, one of those guys fall, it'd be hard for me to pass up on one of those two those guys. But to say they all end up going in the top four, four well then. Yeah, I would. I would be. I would love to go Evan Neal and Kenyon Green or Aquano and Kenyon Green. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, I, I think I said this too. Is that Devin Lloyd could sneak into a first round consideration for me as well. Again, that's probably in a trade down scenario, and he wasn't here, so that that was a chance for him potentially to move up into a top ten spot. I, I guess, um, though I don't think that's going to happen for him. Uh, he would have been really the only exciting interior linebacker to watch. That's probably true. <laughs> Although De- Damone Clark from LSU would have been someone, but it's really difficult to judge the inside linebackers yeah. here. And so. my guy Jojo from Nebraska, yeah. who was like really good in coverage, but has never defended the run of his life. <laughs> now the greedy part of the show for me, now it's my talk about Gators. So Damian Pierce, um, he's a guy that was severely underused by Florida. You know, Dan Mullen had him part of his, running back rotation. We had a lot of good running backs, but he was clearly the best. He only got like, you know, 10 or 11 attempts a game. Um, what'd you guys think of him? I saw some stuff that he was uh, picking up blitzes and stuff and looking really good, you know, catching the ball out of the, out of the backfield. What did you guys see? They crank went like crazy over this one-on-one blocking rep they did at the end of practice. Oh, I did. Yeah, I went, I went nuts, but also the whole group of guys down there did. Oh yeah. It was amazing. Like it was an amazing rep. Um, here's my issue with Grump. Is like we'll be talking about wide receivers and he'll be bringing up their blocking. And I'm like, dude, I, I fast forward through the blocking reps on the wide receivers. <laughs> I, I look I look at too much stupid stuff. I really do. I just and like it's important. It I, is I, important, I, but my time is more important than watching how a wide receiver blocks. It's not even that for me. That's I true. it's it's just oh you, you fast forward through it. I mean, if it's already happening, I'm no, gonna the running watch backs it. I do watch, yeah. but uh but well, yeah, that was a be- that was that was like oh my gosh, that's like the most that's that was like a picture perfect running back. 
locker room. And I want to throw it back to you. What do you think his best attribute is? Because I have a hard time. Like, I'm, I think he's good, but it's like, to me, it's like, what's the that one clear cut attribute from Pierce that like might like make him better than the next guy? Goal line, like just getting that extra, you know, two yards. If it's third and two, if it's fourth and one, if it's third and goal, he scores. Yeah. He yeah. just seems like he's like he's pretty good at everything type mm-hmm. of running back, which those guys make money in the NFL. Um, but well, that, that, that's actually why I, I like him the best of all the senior bowl guys here. Um, and and what you think his best thing is here is, uh, you know, goal line scenario and getting the extra two yards is probably the hardest thing for us to judge at yeah. the senior bowl practices. But what right. you, we can judge here pretty well is receiving reps and blocking reps. And that's where I thought he did really, really well. He had a really nice wheel route, yeah. and it, and I think it got broken up. I think the pass was a little behind him, but I think he he completely beat his guy in the route. I have to check the remember, millions of clips. Remember the one w- route they ran, where it was like he caught the ball, and your comment was like, "What a what what covers by the linebacker?" And he was still able to bring the ball in on the sideline. It was a tough catch to bring in, and that in happened the, I in guess. the rain I don't too. Remember. He doesn't have uh, a lot of uh, mileage on his tires either. Like I said, you know, well, that's he, a, yeah. The, he was pa- part the of fact that he was part of that rotation is actually a benefit for him at the NFL level because that's probably the that I mean, is that like the the snake bite of Alabama running backs? Like traditionally, not in the last couple of years. Those Trent Richardson guys is that they've already burned so much of their yeah, their, especially, their tires, especially if they're going to be used as bell cows. Like yeah. so, I mean, you look at AJ Dillon for example. What? He, he he got an insane amount of carries at BC. It was like 400 carries a year yeah, or something nuts. crazy it like was that. Like, well, it was like, all the Wisconsin it, running backs. You know, it was like all the Wisconsin Dane running backs. It was like Ron Dane. Derek, AJ Dillon's volume was like Ron Dane volume. But uh, mm-hmm. he's in a rotation in the NFL right now. Yeah. So, the, yeah. And Andre Williams, I think, at BC as well. Yeah. Where he, like, led the guys. nation yeah. uh, in, in yards and, and stuff. Uh, but I, I really like Damian Pierce for those reasons, and that pass block rep is insane. And I, I, why I was going crazy over it was because it was fantastic, but also it was like the one clip I missed in the last like 10 minutes. And, uh, but I did finally find it, and I retweeted it. So uh, that's pretty cool if you want to look at it yourself. Actually, you sent it to me. So, yeah. Cranky Fan, you saw it. I saw it. It was, it was like it was better than any O-line blocking rep all week. It was, it was beautiful. Um. Do you want to switch over to coaching stuff? Let's do it. How are we doing on time? We are about 36 minutes in. All right. Do you want to run through this really quickly? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do it quickly because we're going to do a lot of it on Talking Giants. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the newest one, what, should we just start with the newest one? The most recent thing is Mike most Kafka. important thing, yeah. too. Mike Kafka was named as the offensive coordinator. Um, for all the guys that they were interviewing, which th- this news broke last night, right? That he was part of the list, the, those candidates was that yesterday? Finalists. Yeah, I can't remember. Finalists. It was like two days ago. The list was put out, and I think like the interview schedule was put out uh, yesterday. To, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But he's the offensive coordinator now. Yeah, and he was he he's only really been the as far as a coach before when he was a quarterback. Obviously, is kind of irrelevant. But uh, he's only really been the quarterback coach for Patrick Mahomes, which is very much like. How responsible are you for this, and how much of it is just Patrick Mahomes being a freak? You know what I mean, uh, and also just part of Andy Reid's offense where he can flourish and, and that sort of thing. So that I felt a little bit, I felt a little bit uneasy about that, but I didn't realize that from 2020 to 2021 he was also the uh, passing game coordinator for Kansas City as well. So that's slightly moving up just from, you know, I, I listened to a full podcast with him. And I was a little conflicted about him because, like, you know, Mahomes doesn't have great footwork, you know, and that's like, you know, Mahomes was kind of like put under his wing, even his rookie year, like when he was a quality control coach, like one, like one of his main, uh, like jobs was to like take Patrick Mahomes under his wing and spend extra time with him, to like kind of get him up to speed is how the NFL game works, and whether it's you know uh, footwork, setting protections and things of that nature. But when I was listening to him, what I really loved was the scheme talk, and that's what he's. When you're the offensive coordinator, that's your main that, job. Obviously, you're coaching up right? individual players, and it was it was the scheme talk that I really like. You know, it's a, it's West Coast based, but they tag so much up, and you know, I, I got a whole like spiel for talking Giants, but basically attacking teams' weaknesses and pulling things up from the call drinks and testing them out in practice. Which, by the Not way, just throwing them in the playoff, but testing them out and like like okay, this one didn't work. Maybe we come back to it, uh, you know, a few weeks from now and, and try it out. 
Um, so the, the scheme stuff is what really excited me for, and that's what he is, is the offensive coordinator. But also, where have we heard this before about, you know, pulling plays from the college level and, and practicing them? Brian Dable. Yeah. Oh, they're very in, like aligned as being an adaptable uh, crew. And that's right. my main thing right now. I didn't do, you know, the most, the most research on him right now or anything, but the fact that you have Kafka who doesn't have any previous ties with Dable in New England or, you know, it's, it's, it's this Andy Reid kind of tree, which is separate from like the Belichick tree and where, or the Buffalo tree and where, and where we've kind of taken, you know, Graham is also from that Belichick tree as well. So that's what kind of entices me. It's like, Ooh, this is the one higher that has been different. A guy yeah. that wasn't already in the Giants building, wasn't with Buffalo, or wasn't with, you know. His most important hire wasn't just a friend. Correct. Correct. And that's, right. that's what yeah. it, it makes me like, ooh, this entices me as clearly you're maybe seeing something in this guy, and it does seem like philosophically with the research that you guys are doing, clearly philosophically they do seem to align. And that's been the most exciting thing from Joe Shane, Brian Dable down, that all these guys in the way that they speak and the way that they talk and the philosophies they have about football, they all kind of seem to be in line with each other, and that's exciting. I've yeah. been harping since December that I wanted to get this team to the 21st century. And I think, Justin, you and I have been saying almost the exact same thing is yep. score points, score, score, score. We want a like modern it, offense, <laughs> you know, attack, attack, attack. And yep. who are we pulling guys from? The, the The playoff game was the most exciting playoff game in NFL history with the two yep. best offenses we've seen in a long time. We got architects from both of those two offenses coming in here to meld minds and, and create an offense, you know, Daniel Jones today, quarterback X in the future, you know, a new offensive line, everything. So to me, you know, it's easier to build an offense from marble than sandstone. You know, it's easier to, when you're starting with smart people from successful programs, it's a yep. lot easier than pulling guys from garbage or buddies of, of, of guys. So everybody's complaining about, oh, you know, this is the Bills East or, oh, you know, another guy from Kansas City or something. You want to get guys from the best who've been proven. You know, we don't know what their exact role was then. They're going to get a chance to elevate and prove themselves now. But to, for, to me, these are the kind of guys we want. We want the Giants to be, you know, a modern football team. And we, we're succeeding in that, at least in our initial hires. We'll, we'll see how they do. Yeah. I would say the second most important hire would be the O-line coach. Uh, it's probably the only assistant that I care uh, passionately about. And the Giants hired Bobby Johnson, uh, OG Bobby Johnson. OG, OG, Bobby Johnson. Um, he was Buffalo's O-line coach from 19, uh, 2019 to 2021 and uh, previously just bounced around for like a really long time between tight ends coach, O-line coach around the NFL and at the college level in Indiana and Miami of Ohio going way back to, uh, I guess, technically the turn of the century, uh, mm-hmm. 99 to 2000. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I'm pretty okay with it. He's coming from Buffalo. Um with Brian Dable, they already have this working relationship. It's a very, very, very important position to not screw up. Uh, it, it, I, I probably would have been pulling for Mike Monchak first, but uh, I mean, there's yeah, only definitely. like there's only really like two O line coaches that are the premier names, like Bill Callahan, etc. Uh, so if it's somebody that Brian Dable is comfortable with, I feel pretty good about him. Um, and I mean, yeah, I don't have a strong reaction either way. Like I don't. There's nothing that. There's nothing to point to to say, oh, this guy's not good. And there's also nothing to point to to say that he's great. Now, I went and found out some things he believes in and coaches, which is good things. But you know what? Like, all 32 coaches in the NFL have some good drills they work in and scheme stuff that they believe in. So there's things you like there. But, you know, I was, I was talking to a, a Bills guy, Anthony, from Cover One, and he's like, he's like, he's like, I. I don't think he was horrible, about, but I'm not. He's like, I'm not crying about him leaving. Right. But, but where I think it, this is another lockstep thing here with versatility, right? In the versatile scheme here. So, yeah, in the uh, run game. Yeah. The one thing that you can really learn from him is that, like, he's not going to put tackles on an island a ton, which I'd be mm-hmm. interested to see, though, with Andrew Thomas, because Andrew Thomas right. doesn't need it. Is better than Deion Dawkins. You can't put him on an island. So, I would like to see how they do that. Um, but it's. But a lot of the stuff he believes is the same stuff Rob Sale did. Um, so I'd be interested to see if he can just be a better communicator than Rob Sale because it seems like Rob Sale wasn't the greatest at that with the Matt Parrott situation. Um, or so maybe re- Matt Parrott was just not very good. I, I mean, it's it's hard to tell, but it certainly felt that way, right, that Rob Sale was... Well, and we saw Parrott play, and he was better than Solder. So that's like my... Mm. That's the thing. If we never got to see Parrott play this year, I would I would be like, maybe he's just that bad. That's but we point. did see him play, and he was better than Solder. And I... 
I still, to this day, I don't understand what happened with Matt Parrott that he got benched for Nate. Like, cause it wasn't like he didn't get this. He didn't win the job. He got benched for Nate Solder. He was the starting right tackle. He was talked about even in May. They were talking about how we're ready to roll with this yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. He was the starter through th- the first two weeks of preseason. And then the last preseason game, all of a sudden, Nate Solder's our starter, and he's getting ran over by Vaughn Miller week one. I feel good about him because he's bald. I know Rob Sale was too. Maybe that's why they have the same philosophy. I think it's just all coaches are bald because our last coaching staff was all bald. Joe Judge is not bald. He just has short hair. Listening to some guys in the and breakfast this morning talking about like stories from you know working under Bill Parcells, they're bald. I think just the (laughs) NFL. So we're not getting Rob Ryan. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's the most stressful. (laughs) Thank God. It's one of the most stressful jobs in the world, and I think I were. Trying to, we're trying to understand. We're, we're understanding why everyone's going bald in the NFL. <laughs> Bobby Johnson, one more note. Um, also bald. Known psychopath, and if we are allowed into camp this year, which I think I will, I will start campaigning to burn things if we're not allowed back in training camp. <laughs> I am so excited to watch him just in a sweatshirt, dripping and dancing around. Run- and he's running. He's screaming. Some I am goofy hat and a that. whistle and just with a hoarse voice yelling at people. Yeah, he he's fifty years old. He runs around like he's my age. Which, by the way, Mike Kafka is my age. That's Be weird. Careful with the fifty-year-old comments, please. I, 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 all right, um, but well, Amber Alert. This is the second Amber Alert that we've gotten in two days. Yesterday was about like an officer. That was shot. a blue alert. Yeah. And, I, how come I didn't get this one? Oh, I turned now, it off. And now this is a woman that's been abducted. What's happening in here in Mobile, Alabama? This city is. Well, uh, Way down south. It's um, it's nuts. Well, snacks um, isn't there anymore. So one time I oh yeah, we don't know where snacks is. So. Mm. One time I edited an Amber Alert to say that Simple Man Radio was starting 15 minutes late. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> um, they also hired a quarterbacks coach, Shay Tierney. There's not a whole lot there. I'm not going to pretend I hold, know a whole lot about him because I don't. He's been Dable's right hand man, basically. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Again, lockstep, and I know this seems very like. We're just taking stuff from Buffalo. But, I mean, these are important offensive guys. We're not just taking everybody from Buffalo. But right? Dable are... took him from Alabama as well, too. Exactly, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. You remember what we did with the defense? Um, we brought those um, Arizona guys in to try to fit the defense. Like, oh, these guys know the system, so let's bring them in. For a good anymore. Yeah. I'd be interested to see if – I hopefully we won't do the same thing, like, with this offensive line, just bringing up scraps that were on, like, the Buffalo practice squad or something just to say, well, they know the system. Let's get them on the roster. Hopefully – even us independent thought to say we have a system and we're just going to get the best guys possible. Well, one hundred percent of the transactions by Joe Shane have been Buffalo guys. They're running back Antonio Williams. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's one for one. Yeah, I don't think that they're that inept. Need I mean, to keep it, a tally of that this offseason. The <laughs> offensive line is in such shambles that I think going after anybody that's just a stopgap solution to be significant starters would be folly. I mean, if they do anything, scrap people like that would be just depth guys and they just need bodies to be honest with you. Although mm-hmm. the, the fan reaction might be insane. Um, it always is. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, some guys are being retained. I'm not going to go crazy about it. Thomas McGay. He's special teams coach. He's been here since 2018, by the way. And he was with the giants previously from 07 to 10. Um, Jerome Henderson staying as DB's coach and Patrick Graham is, we are. I don't know if it's really official. It's a. It's. What, I mean, Mike Garofolo tweeted it. So anywhere, if unless he gets a, unless he gets an interview somewhere where he hasn't got an interview, it's as official. a head coach specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it looks. How many like jobs? How many jobs are open left? Head Jacksonville. Is, is, oh yeah, Minnesota just. They can't make Minnesota official till after the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it's essentially mm-hmm. a fit. It's so I, I, Jacksonville, Houston. Um. I feel like there's more. The Saints. The Saints. Right. New Orleans. And the Dolphins haven't named anybody yet, have they? Have yeah. they? Wow, if they went from this, Brian- It's unbelievably late how, like, like this never went. I feel like it's never went this yeah, late before. Really late. Anyway, I, I think he's staying here, and I think that that's uh, – I'm happy with that, and the offense is so bad, they really need to throw their investment into fixing that. The defense can stay the same, but I don't, I don't know that he's – that this is like Patrick Graham and Brian Dable are now lockstep, and they're going to – Take the. I mean, Patrick Graham could easily take a head coaching job next year, and it could absolutely happen. Patrick Graham is also smart. Like defensive coordinator jobs are are hard to get. Is you know mm-hmm. not as hard as head coaching is, but they're hard to get. Don't pass up one where you know that you are you know you're you're revered by your peers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the only other thing, and I, I just want to close it out here, unless you've got any uh, closing comments. 
Uh, the Giants hired Director of Coaching Operations, Laura Young. She's She was previously Buffalo's Player Services Coordinator, and I don't know what a Director of Coaching Operations yeah, I, does. I, I don't know what that is. But she's the first female the Giants have hired, uh, which is, I guess this this position is technically on the coaching side, or it seems to be a middleman between front office and coaching situation. Yeah, I don't think a, it's an on-field coaching position. No, 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 no. Does she have a Twitter account? I didn't see one. There's a, I know there's a female employee in the analytics department that the Giants have. They have a female the, scout too. On yeah. the on the coaching side, scouting. Uh, that's the first female on the coaching side. So that I mean, that's what Jordan Renan said. So there we go. Entering the 21st century on all fronts. Any closing comments for you, cranky fan? <sighs> when are you coming home, guys? Or when do you get sprung from Mobile? Never, because the weather's going to be bad in New Jersey, and we're never. Oh, yeah, every every flight I've in the last. Oh, you guys two actually going to get delayed again? No, I'm already it's checked. A mess. In. Tomorrow's supposed what, to be a real mess, and the whole East Coast is supposed to be ugly. I'm already checked in. Well, de- well I'm, I'm speaking say, into existence that we're landing. You did say that Delta is usually the first to be proactive and cancel things. Correct. And they have not done that yet. I have not. They we delivered the boarding oh passes my God. to the phone. Uh, it's going to be 86 degrees when I land in Florida. <laughs> it's going to be. I have to, I'm going to wear shorts on the plane. It'll probably be 10 <laughs> degrees where we are. Of course, I go to Tampa last weekend, and it's 38 degrees. And I know. Crank, the, like the morning I left to come to Alabama, it was record cold in Florida. It was like 15 degrees warmer in Alabama. Like the old joke, like don't bring the weather with you. I brought the weather with me to Alabama. It was ridiculous. We had a whole weekend planned. We were going to be in the pool, go to the beach, Gasparilla, and we froze our ass off the whole weekend. It was awful. Um, do you guys have any closing comments? I mean, here's my closing comment. Thank you. Thank me. Thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, this was, this was something that I've always wanted to do was to come down to the senior bowl and really look at these guys. This is what I think that I, I do pretty well. And I, I'm always trying to get better at it. And I, I couldn't have come here without you guys. And also couldn't have asked for better people to look at all this stuff with and, and handle all of this nonsense was, was, it's been chaos. a lot of fun. Yeah. But it, but it was, it was a lot of fun and I honestly can't wait to do it again next year would like better like yeah. we were discussing like all the things that we wish we had done had we known it was going to be like this so well i'm thinking uh, even like you know when the draft comes up we get together and do some things maybe even go to the draft or you know all these have things. A, throughout the year the nfl schedule has all these different things where everybody gets together no reason we can't so yeah we we got a we already we got we got some plans for the draft but here here's my closing get comments. together for the first day of free agency um mm-hmm. fun where we do nothing. Where um, we talk about all the things that were already tweeted like a week before. Yeah. <laughs> um, there we got like 350 people kind of hanging out across all platforms. So um, go subscribe to the Just Giants podcast on mm-hmm. all podcast platforms. Or if you're a YouTube person, they have a YouTube channel. Um, if you're hanging out on YouTube, that is linked in the description. It's also the pinned comment. Um, appreciate you guys just for being awesome. Not a lot of people know. I mean, you you've been doing this since 2017, and you know I think. You've taken a share of responsibility for the Giants being bad. Yes, you started, we are cursed. You started podcasting, and then we haven't had a winning season since. So, I mean, you could take that. You can hold that mantle with mm-hmm. you, but you've also been doing it for a long time. And um, a lot of losing seasons. And, uh, My, but, but and you, we stuck with it, though. But I you guys mean, yeah. do a great job. I mean, you know, we it's the really, only Giants podcast I'm subscribed to. Yeah, really. Wow. Um, we, you know, because Bobby and I, we do a lot of Giants stuff our, ourselves and. You know, I, I try I try not to listen to Giants podcast for two reasons. One, I don't want to steal anybody's takes. Yes. Because if I it, understand if, that. If that's a good take and I self consciously just think to myself, hmm, I kinda agree with that and I say it on the show, I don't want to take anybody's takes. And then two, my life is the Giants and I need a break. Yeah. But really, you know, you, you guys do an awesome job, just Giants, and you know, I would really check if you like what we do, you're definitely gonna love what they do as well. Yeah, I appreciate that as well. We appreciate it. We try to keep a little different. We're basically just fans. We're not media members, we're not anything. Yep. We're just two we're two cousins that have liked the Giants forever. We've been going to games, you know, and it's just like, hey, let's just do a podcast about this. So we we start this with I think even my wife and his girlfriend wouldn't even listen to us in the very beginning. And we, we really appreciate all the fans that listen and you guys for your support and everything. We just want to do more things with you together. So we, we really appreciate it. All right, everyone. That's going to close it out. So see you guys next time. Go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.